0: I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight are going stay to state. Not safe. Safe. Before you cross me, look both ways. Leaving the scene with no trace, none in my list. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great. You're not my fan, you can't relate. Straight are going state to state.
1: What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy George Mackay, back in the Straight Talk Studios. And I got a good one today. I got a special one, in fact. I got a man who is a cancer survivor. He is a father. He is a pro wrestler. He's a former CFLer. We're going to get into all that stuff and more today, but please help me welcome and give me the honor of introducing the relentless one, John Atlas, to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir?
0: I'm great. Now, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, love the background you got going on there.
1: Big Brett Hartkye. Uh, dude, Bret Hart's Bret Hart is definitely one of my guys for sure, but I'm an Owen Hart guy. I've okay. always appreciated Owen Hart uh, going back to like my favorite match of all time with him is obviously WrestleMania 10. The yep. story that him and Bret Hart told, I mean, if I had a wrestling school, that would be class one, day one. I would sit everybody down and show them that match dissected from bell to bell and how that story still stands the test of time today. Like yeah, it, everyone it, can definitely relate to it. It's a moment in time for sure. It's uh it's one of those moments. So actually that's a great segue leads into one of my questions. You being a Bret Hart guy, I mean, he's got so many iconic matches past WrestleMania 10 before and after. When you look at the catalog of Bret the Hitman Hart, what's your match that resonates with you? Like if you could only watch that match one that one match for the rest of your life as a wrestling fan, what would be the one
0: Bret Hart match anyways that you would put on re- repeat? I would say Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog. It was an in your house, um, and it was just before he was getting ready for WrestleMania 12 against Shawn. Mm-hmm. And it was it started off technical, then it got a little gritty, then Bret got a little bit of blood, and it just had a, it had a little bit of everything in it, and that's why I
1: really liked it and I really enjoyed it. Wow, when when most people think of Brett and British Bulldog, I thought for sure you were going to go SummerSlam '92. I really did. No,
0: just because like there's too much of that backstory that's come out, and like it kind of taints it a little bit for me. So, um, but that in your house, because it, it you you think of Bret Hart matches, and you know everyone's going to probably go Austin Bret uh, WrestleMania 13, mm-hmm. which was great, um, but that was just a full out brawl. Like, um, and Brett could do that. Uh, but for me, like again, with the Brett and Davy boy, it started off technical. Like they're starting off doing the technical going back and forth, which was great. And then as the, as it got up, as the pace quickened, you know, Davey just said, screw this. And, you know, he throws Brett into the stairs and when Brett takes that face pump into the stairs, he busts it wide open and then it adds the blood to it. And I was just like, Oh, this is great storytelling. <laughs>
1: right on right on so you like me you're a girl dad and being a girl dad is arguably the funnest coolest and the most rewarding thing about being a dad being a father in general whether it's a girl or a boy being a father in general is rewarding but when you're a girl dad like you really resonate that bond like i I have two older sisters and i never understood what my dad i always thought my dad had a closer bond to them than he did to me and i always wonder like what's that about like i'm a son like i should be like it should be father son all the time And then, and then having two daughters of my own, I'm like, I get it. I fully get it. Like, uh, with minute, I held both girls in my arms for the first time. And I'm sure likewise for yourself. Uh, it's something about you changes. I almost feel like the minute a man holds his child for the first time, he actually becomes a man, like a father becomes a father when he holds that child for the first time. Would you agree with that sentiment?
0: Yes, because it's not about you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's all about that little bundle of joy that you're holding in your arms and everything goes out the window and it's all about them. And you like, for me, my life revolves around my children and like, I'll do anything to make them happy. And I have a great family and great support system that still allows me to like do wrestling on weekends and, um, do all my other extracurriculars Uh, which is great, but most definitely um, it's all about them as soon as you hold them in your
1: arms. 100% true. Now, are you like me? Like when you go somewhere with your kids, if you're going just to get gas or you're going to the store to pick up I don't know, just a drink for yourself, like a bottle of water, and they come with you. You get suckered into five or ten dollars extra of stuff you would have never bought. And I, I admit this fully. I get suckered in yes. every Y'all, single
0: time. Hunter, uh this finger I'm wrapped right around uh, twice over by both my daughters.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what's the like? What's the go-to thing they con you into? Is it those little those little dinky toys that break usually five or ten minutes after you buy them?
0: Or is it, like,
1: candy? Like what's The the two-year-old
0: is really into the stuffies. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, And and puppies. So uh, puppies and stuffies, she just adores. And the other day, we were just at Canadian Tire, and there happened to be a little uh, puppy-stuffed animal there. And she held that thing until we had to go and then didn't want to put it down. So, you know, had to buy it. (laughs) Uh, and then the older one, it's not, the the older Carly, she doesn't really, it's not so much the candy and stuff. It's like having her friends over Uh, or, um, doing a sleepover or, uh, the ice cream trucks in the neighborhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's good. She's
1: especially the ice cream truck. That's golden. Yeah. I find, um, I find the sleepover things on a regular basis, but the cool thing is, is that me and the mini host, we share a love of horror movies. The okay. bloodier, the scarier, the grimier, like we're all about it. She, um, It was funny because I remember showing her goosebumps when she was like five and she was scared out of her britches. I was like, great, this kid's got her mom's like sense of scare. She can't handle it. And then I don't know, man, she hit 10 and she was like, dad, like, uh, I, I want to start getting into horror movies with you. I was like, all right, you want to go down this rabbit hole with me? That's <laughs> fine but just remember that once you unlock Pandora, like once you open pandora's box with me you can't close it you can't close it and i i'd be happy to say that she has uh she has adopted and fell in love with horror just like i have to the point where um she knows more about the new stuff coming out than i do i'll be like hey cass uh, did you see this really cool article about this movie coming out she's like yeah i knew about it 6 months ago i'm like you know what i don't like i don't like it i don't like when yeah. you you sit there and you automatically know everything and that's the thing that sucks like now with these phones in their hands the next generation feels like they know everything, John. They don't know what, what our Their generation powers. had to go through.
0: They don't know what it was like back in the day when, you know, you had a dial-up and a modem. Oh, man. Do you remember that? It used to take yeah. 20
1: minutes to 30
0: minutes to get online. You remember That's that? That's right. <laughs> they what have no walking? idea
1: the struggles. Oh, what about walking uphill 50 miles in the snow barefoot both ways? Uphill yeah. both ways. <laughs> exactly.
0: You, you can't get somewhere you walk.
1: Yeah, I never understood that story when my dad used to tell it to me. He'd be like, Yeah, I used to walk 50 miles uphill in the snow barefoot, both ways. Wait a minute. Both ways. If you're going uphill one way, you have to go downhill to get back. No, no, it was up. It was ah. uphill. <laughs> you couldn't go once you went uphill, you had to go you all the way around the back other the hill. Same yeah. way you came. Yeah, exactly. You can't go the same way. You have to go reverse. So
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Always over exaggerations. So like we talked about, uh, let's get into the CFL for a little bit. So you play the CFL. Again, some of the information when you're researching stuff it's a little hard to find out the factoids of everything online because sure. the internet can be fickle, but who did you play for? How long did you play for? And did you ever win a Grey cup? Cause I really tried to research that and I couldn't find much
0: information. So, yeah, when you do do the research a lot generally tends to pop up about my, uh, my shooting and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did play in the BC uh, for the BC lions uh, in 2010 and 11 Mm-hmm. And after, yeah, so Wally Bono was my coach, and we won uh one Grey Cup uh, with. But like, I I was on the team, but like, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a starter. Mm-hmm. I, I had a cup of coffee. I I had I had I played some special teams. So
1: okay, hey, that's still cool. You're still on the team. You still yeah. still doing your thing. Special teams is great. Special teams, I think, in football. Is very underrated. A lot of people don't appreciate special teams and what they bring to the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you find that the CFL style of football? I mean, because again, I have a lot of American podcasts, podcasters, and friends, and even in the wrestling world, sure. sit there and they say, well, CFL is like the participation awards of sports because it really is. You can have a losing record and still make the playoffs, John. Yes.
0: Yes. So it's just like, when you compare CFL to NFL or the biggest difference, obviously for me was universities. I had like, I could go to, uh, I had the option to go to a couple of D two schools. Um, but they were partial scholarships. They weren't full rides. And, you would just get so much if you were if I would if I was to go back in time and I was to say, okay, I can do this. But like my family at the time, we weren't very well off by any means, like we we're average. Um, so we couldn't afford to pay for the full uh pay for the other half of the ride. And what, but if I would have gone to like a D2 school, the amount of exposure that you get, and the training and the coaching. All that you get to get yourself prepared for that next level is just so instrumental and it's second to none. Uh, Not to knock any Canadian universities, but the amount of money that is put into uh, university programs in the States is just absolutely ridiculous compared to Canadian universities. Like We have some amazing athletes in Canada and the fact that they're able to do it with less amount of funds and a less amount of like just, you know, money being put in towards those programs is, is crazy.
1: It is. I, I completely agree with you. I, I think, I think every Canadian sports fan has always said that, uh you know, the, the stars over here, uh, the future that we have in sports over here, doesn't get enough credit. And that's a great, another great segue. See, we're gelling already, John, we're just, we're hitting all the, cylinders.
0: we're on top of it.
1: That's right. Canadian wrestling. It is a struggle sometimes to really get discovered over here. You can have a great career as mm-hmm. an indie wrestler over here. You can have solid bookings all the time, make a name for yourself in the indie scene, which Ontario is second to none in Canada. Uh, probably you know, neck and neck, maybe sometimes a little bit above what the scene is over in Quebec. Uh, a lot of the other provinces have a healthy scene, but not as big as Ontario. I think Ontario sure. would be the biggest if, if I were to say. But to get the exposure or the opportunity, you really have to go stateside. And a lot of the times we get hung up on those, a lot of red tape, border crossing. It's 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 almost like we're fugitives when we cross the border if we're trying to work over there as a wrestler. I, I just wish that the rest of the world would allow, or, or or maybe even some of the bigger companies, and I've always said this, if they were just shine a spotlight over here, have a performance center, have uh, you know an NXT Canada or NXT North or whatever you want to call it. Have something where there was more of an opportunity for our talent here to get those opportunities on TV. We would have so many more fans than we already do out here. It would be insane.
0: Yeah, that that's a hundred percent true. Um, you, we have tremendous professional wrestlers. Uh, you can go down. You can go down the line. Like look at a guy that just. Uh, like Josh Alexander, who just, you know, there's the uh, epitome of a guy who never gave up, uh, you know, two neck surgeries had every reason, uh, not to, I think he might've had some border issues too, but he was going, making a name for himself and, you know, he turned it around, got signed with impact wrestling and the guy just busts his butt every time he goes out there for, for the fans and he's all over the place. Um, I, I think he's a great representative for impact wrestling and he's an also a great representative as a Canadian wrestler too. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely. But you yourself, you are no slouch to being a great representative. You've held a lot of titles here in the Indies. My first, uh, my first John Atlas experience was a destiny show a couple of years ago, which you lit it up. And then I got to see you again at Greek town on a you know very regular basis. Yep. And then most recently now at OTT, where, uh, you know, it's an up, it's a new upstart promotion, only the toughest, but it's uh, it's already making waves out here in the indie scene. They've brought in some big names. And, uh, you know, uh, when this episode airs, unfortunately, it'll be past it. But in the upcoming OTT on September 24th, because this is going to drop probably end of September, first week of October, you had a chance in a, to go for the title against Abyss and the current OTT champion, John Green. That's, that's a big money match. That's big fight field, John. Those are two... Big, big boys. But, again, they're not relentless. Ah, You see what I did there? Yeah, I see, I see how you talked about it there.
0: Uh, I mean, it's not about the size of the fighter. It's about uh, the heart of the fighter. If you look at today, the best of the best, typically the guys that are at the top of their game aren't necessarily the biggest. Uh, you look at a guy like Floyd Money Mayweather, who never lost a boxing match, you know, he wasn't necessarily the biggest guy in the ring. Uh, you can uh, you, you can take a long look, look list at guys it's it's typically the guys that are willing to go out there that can last the longest. and typically those big guys, you know uh, the, it's hard that they're packing a lot of muscle, they're packing a, a lot of power. it's hard to sustain that much power uh, in, into 20 25 minute matches um, So my my theory in all this is if I can weather the storm, uh, take a little bit of punishment, weather the storm, I believe I'm going to be coming out on top, your new OTT champion. Because uh, I have the heart, I have the desire, and I have the ability uh, to outlast both those men. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that.
1: I would agree with that in, in so many uh, so many layers. Now, with the mini host, you talked about, um, you know, producing and kind of working with the next crop of talent and how these young these young up and coming wrestling uh, stars here in in the Ontario Indies, they got a lot of great ideas, but sometimes you have to take this big, awesome idea that they have and you have to condense it to make it something a safe that can still get over what they want to do. But like you said, tighten that up a little bit, like take the screws and tighten it. Have you ever had a wrestler, like a a young, a younger wrestler come up to you like that you were producing a match for and they were like, you know, this is what we want to do. Like this is, I mean, you just, you know, the idea is crazy, and it's just not doable right now. So you have to take it and kind of take Have you ever had a, like just a, the wildest idea that a wrestler's come up to you and said, I, I this, I got to do this, man. I know, I know I could pull this off.
0: I, I have been in those situations um, with um, like not so much producing, but w- uh, with other wrestlers where they're uh, they have very extravagant ideas about what they want to do within the match. And, you try and work around it to make it happen. Um, I'm very confident in myself when it comes to extravagant ideas that one, I could probably pull it off to, uh, is the safety of that wrestler. And I just, I know I I'll be there to catch you. Um, but the uh, the other thing is like if you're 250 pounds and you're, you're flying over that, that that's a lot of weight. uh and you know that's a lot of weight to come crashing down on anybody Mm -hmm. let alone just one person uh so some of the risks you know i in it can be rewarding but on the other side like you only have one body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and you know one slip here one slip there like you know you want to keep doing this the for a long time and not a short time Mm -hmm. uh and for a lot of those young guys, like it's so hard because, like, uh, I'm a big fan of Mick Foley's podcast, mm-hmm. and I listen to Mick Foley. And but at, at the same time, Mick Foley 6'4", 260, 270 pounds, big guy. Um, took a lot of chances in his in his early days in his career, a lot to make his stuff look real and believable. So I get it when somebody wants to do the same thing um so it's 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 hard i just try to do as best i can to make it happen um but for myself like it's like i want to keep going uh for me personally like i like uh i'll have this match but i want to have another match Mm -hmm. i want to keep wrestling years down the road Mm -hmm. yes yes fair enough Fair enough. So um, I look at uh, I look
1: at the extensive resume of John Ellis and some of the people that you've had the opportunity to face in the ring. And you've had some banger matches. Uh, Nay, I say, and I coined this first. I don't give a fuck what Dave Metzler says. I coined the 10 star match. Not oh. him. Me. <laughs> I was the first one. But, right. uh, you know, he'll take all the credit because he's got way more of a following than I do. And that's fine. sure. That's fine. that's fine. But you've had a, a couple of, of matches where I was like, damn, like this is phenomenal. Like, this just really puts it puts in a perspective of the town that you are. And what I appreciate about you is that you're very hybrid, but not hybrid in the way that most people would think. You don't, you don't necessarily mix up styles. You do, and you do that very well. But I find you hybrid in terms of old school and new school. You have an appreciation for the old school storytelling, but I find that a John Atlas match will tell me the story in a new style way. Not so much looking for the quick, oh, my God moment or the orgasm pop of a fan, But more so looking for the build. Because you got to have a great build and then you got to reach that peak and then you got to bring it home, but still on that peak level. It's almost got to be a consistency, if you will. Correct. And I feel like John Atlas matches give me that in so many different layers. So that's what it's a compliment to you, by the way, because again, that hybrid of bringing the old school and the new school together is that something that you've always uh, incorporated in your entire career? Or is that something that again was like maybe something down the line where you evolved and you realized I could do this, but I can make it look like this.
0: I would say evolved. And especially just before the pandemic and um, during the pandemic. So I'd say just before the pandemic, I was in a situation where I felt like I had to have that, Oh my God, pop in my matches. And I was just, I was like, what is going on? Like, I could feel the wrestling business itself changing and the fan base changing. Like, what used to work wasn't necessarily working anymore. And so I really had to step back and just really look at what is generating with fans today. And a team that I watch all the time, um, FTR, they really put it in perspective for me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I think, like, Dax Hardwood is probably one of my favorite professional wrestlers today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is so good. And he, to your compliment, to me, I think that guy is the perfect blend of old school, new school. And watching their matches and their style, it was, oh, this is the same thing that I I don't need to reinvent the wheel here, but it's little things, intensity, facial expressions, uh, selling all that. Like I was losing focus on all that to make the pop, uh, when you don't need to lose If you don't lose focus on all those things and you keep up the intensity and the different facials, that's how you get the people sucked in. That's how you get them involved.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, yeah. So I would I watching a lot of FTR matches and how FTR wrestle, um, I just I realized I'm like, okay these these this is how you can blend the perfect style of old and
1: new. Absolutely. I'm a big FTR fan. Uh, Again, revival back from the revival days, man, those matches they had with DIY. Yeah, they were some of the hands down best matches in NXT black and gold, period. If anybody tells me different, I have no problem smacking them, like quickly smacking them then running away. (laughs) I'm not much of a confrontational person. I only fight when I have to. I don't fight when I, you know, just for the hell of fighting. For sure. But let's let's talk, let's switch gears here and and get a little serious for a second before we go back to wrestling. Let's talk about fighting when you have to. Uh I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show when I introduced you to a lot of people who don't know, you are a cancer survivor. And uh, uh cancer a fighter if you will you you went a couple rounds with cancer and you came on the other side where a lot of people aren't lucky enough like again the little boy you talked about with uh, the mini host bentley who unfortunately lost his fight to cancer and it was a hell of a fight i know that kid went went 50 best best lyric i ever heard in a rap song was uh a song called goodbye by slaughterhouse and uh, royce the five nines verse speaks it uh perfectly where he says Me and me, my idol and a disease, my idol and chemo going 12 rounds with the disease and still losing the fight. And that's Mm -hmm. really what it is. And to put it in blatant perspective, uh, it's you and chemo or you and surgery, depending on how early they catch it, to go and, and fight this disease that is incurable uh or so they say i could go down with the conspiracy theory rabbit holes and say if you've got a lot of money there is a cure for cancer out there depending how much money you have but i'm not going to go down the rabbit holes i'm going to keep it simple and just say that um you know john atlas is relentless because he went 12 rounds and he came out the other side now there are so many different forms of cancer i believe there's over 4,000. so what was again i know but i'd like the fan base to know what was the type of cancer that you were battling
0: uh so i had two different belts with cancer uh, which the first one was uh, uh, testicular mm-hmm. and uh, the second one was a different one called pnet and uh, that one uh, the, so what they had found was when they were going in and removing the tumors from my lungs was on one of the second to last surgeries they were like oh there's a partial mutation from the old cancer to this new type of cancer called pnet Although it had not shown up anywhere in my body, the protocol was to put me on uh, chemotherapy for about a year and go and do that and see, you know, what happens. Uh, so those were the two different types of cancer. Wow. Wow. And uh, obviously
1: the, the testicular was first and then we had the neck second. Now, um, did they they obviously seem to catch peanut early enough. Were they able to catch the t- testicular cancer
0: early enough? Yes, uh, both uh, were able to be caught uh, early enough, uh, which is good. Um, And I've been pretty good ever since. You know, God willing. Um, I just had one of my. I had a CT scan just recently, uh, so I go up for my follow-ups now every six months. Mm -hmm. Um, And
1: yeah, and it's been showing showing no signs of any return or anything like that? Which uh,
0: nothing. not Yeah, everything's been good. So hopefully everything continues to stay that way.
1: Man, that's fantastic, man. Congratulations. And again, a testament to who you are as a person, because a lot of people, uh, when they look at like my dad, my dad recently uh, over the last couple of years, uh, he's been fighting uh, prostate cancer and uh, he beat the first round. Uh, there's a chance that it looks like it may be returning. So, you know, God willing at the age of 70, uh, the most stubborn man on the planet that I know is still fighting a good fight. And uh, hopefully he gets past that point. But um, when you look at, uh, when you go back and uh, not to bring up any bad memories, when you go back and you got the diagnosis the first time around, and I mean, I'm I'm assuming daughter one was around, daughter two was probably not here quite yet. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So when you're staring on the barrel of the gun and looking at there's this this little person whose life, like you said, doesn't matter about you anymore, matters about her but the fight now is a fight that you unfortunately have to go alone. You're going to have that support system around you, but the fight is is yours and yours alone. At, at certain points, you need people to perk you up and keep you up. But looking at your wife and your and your first daughter, knowing that this was happening, I mean, a, tons of emotions going through your head. But what was what was perspective for you? Was perspective for you looking at them and say, I, "I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to fight for me. I'm going to do it for us."
0: Yeah, we ha- uh, I had. I the biggest moment happened when. Um we told uh, Carly, who is the oldest. And when we told her, she didn't really... Like, she was about six or seven at the time. And she didn't really understand, but she knew cancer was bad. And she just broke into tears. She got... And she got so emotional. And that really lit a fire under me. Because I was just like, this kid does not deserve to cry. I do not want to make this kid cry. I That, like... And it just gave me every reason to fight and keep fighting, especially, like, uh, my wife, too. Like, I I hate to see other people in pain, um, and and I just want the best for everybody. Uh, And so that really lit a fire in me.
1: I love that. I I love when you hear that. You know, it's funny. uh, Somebody who inflicts pain on a part-time basis in the wrestling ring doesn't like to see people in pain, but you know how to inflict the pain, John. But that's awesome. That's fantastic, and I'm glad that the CT scans are going well and everything above that. And you keep staying relentless, man, because, like I said, you're one hell of a performer in the ring. And I wish there was more eyes on you. So again, looking at your resume and everything, let's go back to the fun part of the conversation now. But thank you yep. for getting real with me about the cancer. That's amazing. Um, and and the fight again. Congratulations on the fact that we were able to be here having this conversation, which is huge. Exactly. It's, an honor, it's an honor for me. Cause I, I, like I said, you're one of my favorites and it's always weird. People say, don't meet your heroes. But when I look at listen to your story and I look at your story and I look at who you are in the ring, you're one of the most humble guys in the world. Like I had the honor of announcing you at OTT at the last show. And uh, you, you took the time to come up to me at the end of the show and be like, Hey man, you know, great job. Thank you so much for everything you did today. And I'm sitting here going, thank me. Thank you. Thank you for giving me something easy to do. Like being a ring announcer is super easy and rewarding because you get to announce everybody, but you're one of the most humblest cats that I've ever met, man. You always got a smile on your face. You always look, you know, excited to be there. And uh, you know, having those words come from you, that was that meant a lot to me that day.
0: I want to oh, let you know. Thank that. you. Well, I just like you're just as much part of the show as I am and as everybody else. Like a lot of people like think it's just the wrestlers, but there's a lot that goes into a show and making a show successful, and you were definitely a huge part of that. Um, and you dress professionally, you come looking the part and wanting and do a great job at it. Uh, so, it, and it just made like, it, it's, it's all the, the, the show starts before I even come through the curtain or before that wrestler comes through the curtain, you're the first person that the people are going to see. So if they're seeing a, a, a dapper, well-dressed man, such as yourself in the ring there, you know, that they know business is about to pick up i
1: like that i like that yeah i try my best to do my best i try to do my best howard finkel try to do my best you know bruce buffer i think i nailed it pretty good sometimes you know i think right, I pretty Like good.
0: these guys are all in the ring in tuxes and they're you know they're all they're all out there bussing hard like Ugh. come on
1: a little bit of professionalism it's true it's true i gotta tell you man the best part of the night though was getting that suit off getting that tie off getting that shirt untucked most definitely oh, <laughs> oh buddy when i put my shorts back on just my jean shorts on i was like oh this is great this is everything right now (laughs) (laughs) so in terms of your resume and the battles that you've had in the ring who would you say brings out the best john atlas who brings out when you're like if you're staring across the ring at an opponent that you face so many times who's the opponent that makes john atlas go to that next gear that only john atlas knows he can go to
0: i would say i don't know if you saw the match or not but uh one of them uh a person that would push me to the next, uh would be bill collier mm-hmm. uh bill collier he's a buffalo uh, uh guy uh but he pushes me to a whole new level and he he's he goes by big time bill collier and he is big time and he has the ability to uh get that out of me uh to make me go to that next level A person that – another person uh, that I had mentioned earlier who would definitely bring that out of me uh, would be Josh Alexander. Unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to get in the ring with him. But if I did, I know uh, just seeing how he works and how he is, he would be able to get that out of me as well. Mm Mm-hmm. I was actually hoping you
1: are going to mention Big Time because I've had Big Time on the show before. He's one of the sweetest people in the world. But again, much like yourself, he's all business when it comes to the ring. And yes, the matches that you guys have had, I, I was able to uh, to watch a lot of that footage and the highlights and stuff like that. And you guys tore it down. You built it back up. You tore it down again. And then you kind of lit a match and just burned it all to the ground. But it was hell of fun watching it, watching you two destroy each other. Like yeah. when you get two guys destroy each other, it's a good day. It's a good day right. for wrestling. It, it really is. Is there anyone – when you look at the Ontario indie scene and the indie scene in, in Canada in general, um, is there anyone that you haven't faced yet that you would love to get in the ring with? And I mean, again, you've been you've been around the scene for a very long time. You're very well established. But is there anyone that you kind of got your eye on that, you know, that's somebody I would love to love to get in the ring with and create this amazing story?
0: There are so many guys, so many talented guys. Uh, top of my list is Josh Alexander. I love to get out there and uh, get in there with him. Um, Another super talented guy who I have had the chance to wrestle, but I like. I'd love to do just build a program almost with him. Would be Mark Wheeler. Oh yes, Uh, he's he's super talented as well. Um, Another great one-on-one would be uh, Chris Chambers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't had the uh, like all all know each other all have been some of them have been wrestling a little bit longer than i have but uh i love to get in there with chris chambers such a great mind for the business um and just a great way of putting uh putting stuff together when it comes to matches super talented guy
1: absolutely i agree with i agree with and um looking at uh like some of the younger stars like uh i mean uh, uh for me i'm a big i, I I'm, uh, I'm not shy about saying this i'm a big Fuerza mark El yes. Diablo, Gabriel Fuerza, I'm a huge mark. Huge mark. Yeah. Every time the guy releases his shirt, I buy it. Even though whenever we take pictures, he ignores me in the photos completely. He, even though he won't admit it, he's one of my good friends. He won't admit it. He won't tell anybody that we're friends. Okay. But, but we are friends. I, I that's, a, that's on the record, okay? It's here. It's on the he record, I said. He is
0: another guy that is super talented, and he is busting his butt every night he goes out there. And he's – I think he's really – Hitting his stride, Uh, he wrestles all the time, every, everywhere he can, and just goes out of his way to give the fans the best possible match he can every time he's out there. Mm -hmm. Super, um, you know, very happy for him. Super great guy. Uh, I love to get in the ring with him. It'd be phenomenal. It would be.
1: I think we got to. I think we got to get with the OTT management. We got to make that thing happen. Maybe that'll be your first title defense when you win
0: that uh, strap. What do you think? Oh, for sure book it let's let's get it done uh, I can book it? management if they if, if the powers that be i hold up my end of the bargain they hold up theirs
1: that's that, perfect i'm I'm gonna get with them right now after we get off this i'm gonna i'm gonna get some conference calls going here and they usually, all right they usually don't pick up for me but i'm gonna try anyways i'm gonna try <laughs> 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 so looking at um your career thus far and again, it always sounds like I'm asking the same question, but it's always a build to build looking at your career thus far and um, everything you accomplish. If you had to hang up the boots tomorrow, uh, would you personally have any regrets from the beginning to the end of your career that something that you didn't take an opportunity that you didn't take a booking that you might not have been able to make? Is there anything you look back on thinking like maybe if I had gone left instead of right, something would have altered the way my career has gone?
0: No, because I think everything happens for a reason, and you know, like, uh, you know, to tie it back to, like, if I didn't go through uh, my cancer, like, I I might not have had my baby girl daughter that I have right now. So I think everything happens for a reason. Um, if, if, if if is there anything I would have changed? No, uh, I would I, I would have kept everything the same. I like that. I like that. That's an honest,
1: real answer. One more yeah. question. We're going to play a game and it's going to be a hard game for you, John, because I have to make it challenging for you. I can't just give you the easy way. All out. right. It'll be very hard for you. Final question of the night. When you look at the fan base of Ontario, and again, it's such a great fan base that again, there's not, it's, it's painful that there's not enough eyes on it because the fans over here live, breathe and die for everything wrestling. When you're a fan of wrestling here, you're a fan of amazing people and amazing talent, but also a great wonderful product in a lot of ways wrestling much like my wife saved my life wrestling was there when i was going through a lot of shit as a kid there was always my heroes to kind of guide me through and help me get through those tough times and then um when i was going down a bad road my wife was there to you know when i met her for the first time she steered me clear and like you said everything happens for a reason i'm not a big believer in faith I wouldn't say I have a big belief in faith. I believe there is a God. I just don't know which God it is. But when my time comes, I'm going to meet him or her face to face. And we're going to have a little conversation about some of the cards that I was dealt for sure. But if it wasn't for her, I don't think I'd be the person that I am today. Uh, If you knew me five years ago, I was an angry son of a bitch. I hated everything. And I I always put the blame on everything else. My life sucks because of this. My job sucks because of this. But really, it was just all this anger that I had built up from... A rather rough childhood, if you will. So <laughs> I uh, if it wasn't for her pushing me to to seek that help, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I, I could say I'm a lot better. George 2.0, I love that guy way more than George 1.0. George 1.0 was a fucking prick. George 2.0, he's pretty cool. He really is. He's pretty cool. That's I'll be awesome. honest with you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. But looking at um looking at everything that uh, you know, again, stuff happening for a reason and faith like that. Sometimes you got to deal with the cars that you're dealt and uh, the cards can be hard. They can be easy. You could have an uphill climb, but you know, to quote Miley Cyrus, once you get to the top, the view is fucking killer. <laughs> life's a climb with the view. Sure. If you, if there's anybody there going through tough times, facing battles like you faced, you know, trying to find that, that
0: fighter spirit within them, what yep. would be the advice that you would, you would give to them? I mean, as cliche as it may sound, I would say never give up. Like, you're, everyone has their darkest moments. Or, like, for me personally, there was – my family thought, like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. But there were definitely times where, like, I would be driving, sitting in the car, and i just cry to myself. Like, it's okay. Like, I have to let that emotion out. Um, I, I get scared. I get worried just as much as everybody else out there. So there's no reason to – i guess hold it all in like to show masculinity or anything like that um we all have fears we all get scared um but it's okay like you have to you have to stand up to those fears you have to you know stand in the face of adversity if you go down uh, i i'm the type of guy if i go down i want to go down swinging mm-hmm. um that's and, and if you do go down you got to get right back up uh and and then you got to if you get knocked down again you get right back up no matter how hard you think it is there's a light at the end of the tunnel there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and you just got to you just got to stay in that suck for a little bit longer until you get to that light um so that that that's something that i would say i love it it's it's not
1: cliche it's just simple and it's and it's truthful and you know what he's right it's okay not to be okay uh if you cry it doesn't make you less of a man it actually makes yeah. you more of a man in my opinion if you cry. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I, John, ever since I had my daughters, I don't know about you. I weep at everything. You know, the Rogers commercial where the daughter's got a flat tire and the dad's on the phone and he's like, don't worry, honey. I I mean, I do,
0: I, I ball, I blubber like a baby during that commercial. Yeah. I, 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 you get all emotional because it's, 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 it's it's more, it's so much more than you. Uh, It's just like we, everyone gets kind of caught up in their heads, but, there's so much more out there than just you personally. You may think like this might be the biggest thing, but it's, it's really not. It is.
1: It is very small in the grand scheme of things. It is. So That's right. Small. Sometimes you don't even realize it. All right. Now on to the game. The game is very simple, John. It's called forced Mount Rushmore. What that means is that I give you five wrestlers of my choosing and yeah. you have to put them in order from five to one five being the uh or sorry my apologies one to five one being the least favorite on the five that i've given you and five being the best favorite of the five that I've okay and that's why it's called because it's forced because i'm giving you the options you don't have the option i give them to you all right this is gonna be all straight off the top of the head here straight off the top of the head so listen these these wrestlers to me they epitomize relentlessness they epitomize you know the not sometimes not being the biggest dog in the fight but having the most heart when it comes to it. So I'm going to go right off the top. We talked about him earlier, Brett the Hitman heart that's one. Uh, Another guy who embodied, you know, that spirit of, you know, forcefulness and never giving up, I would have to say John Cena. Another guy I would have to say would be the ultimate warrior, not the personal demons, but in the ring, the warrior was a beast. Another one, one of the smallest superstars ever in wrestling, but one of the greatest, you know, performers in and out of the ring would be Rey Mysterio Jr., and rounding out the fifth and final choice, uh, this may seem a little bit unorthodox. Again, we'll keep his personal life out of the list, but Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit arguably was one of the guys who was technically sound in the ring, and he he was very hard to put down. He would keep coming. He was like the Energizer Bunny in that ring. Yep. So those are your five. Where would you rank them? One to five. Again, one being your least favorite, five being your
0: favorite. So one would be Warrior. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go. Yeah, so one would be warrior. Two would be I. So you said it, it was warrior. Oh yeah. So uh, I'll go. Two would be Benoit. Okay. Three would be Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Uh, four would be Brett. Five would be John. Wow. I thought you were going to flip.
1: I really thought Brett would be five and John would be. That's interesting. Why?
0: Why did we flip that? Big match, John, he, on all <laughs> aspects of the game, he just does it for me. When it comes to promos, like, I got to give him the edge when compared to Brett. Like, John could really sell you on a promo. Uh, like his first time that he had an interaction with Roman Reigns and he just lit him up in the ring on Monday Night Raw. Uh, his interact like with AJ Styles, uh, he's had monster matches, been the guy for over a decade. Um, consistency, uh, and he's got that never give up attitude, but he's he's got all facets of the game. One of my favorite John Cena moments is when he wrestled RVD at one night stand. And when he comes out and he's universally hated and he just holds the belt high, puts his head down and it's just like, all right, clocking in, going to work. Like, you know, he's, he's just ready for it. Um, so much respect for that guy.
1: I would agree I would agree I I loved I loved it and that's how you play force Mount Rushmore I make the decisions for you and you just got to do the easy part it's not bad it was an easy game right it wasn't hard yeah
0: it wasn't bad I I enjoyed it
1: (laughs) perfect perfect John before I let you go again it was my honor and privilege to have you on the show today I appreciate the conversation and uh shout out your socials real quick so everyone can keep uh, up on the journey that is John Atlas
0: Uh, so the real john atlas on uh, instagram and uh real john atlas on twitter uh and then just john atlas on facebook uh that would be uh the only socials i have perfect It's, it's short sweet simple to the point i
1: have all the socials guys they're always in the link below of each video description as always i'm your host your boy george mckay this wraps up straight talk wrestling for this week peace love and wrestling see you next time
0: Leaving the scene with no trace Not in my lead, you out of place I'm not at the top, I'm of space can with us, we're out of place I'm doing fine, I'm feeling great You're not my fan, you can't relate Straight are going state to state